What's up, homies? Welcome to another episode of the Homies Real Estate Podcast. This is your host, Anthony. Unfortunately, Angel isn't with us today, so I'm going solo dolo. And again, it's Anthony, the realtor. So I'm going to use my realtor perspective to address this podcast. And I got a really good one. We're going to go over keeping current matters. If you're a homeowner, if you're a realtor, if you're looking to purchase a home, if you're an investor or just want to get a better idea of the real estate market, I really recommend following them. They're a real estate organization that posts a lot of summaries and synopsis of data from different real estate sources. So it's easier to digest and they put it in charts and so forth. So there's six articles that I want to go over that are really important. So let's go ahead. Oh, and if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on our website, I recommend going onto our YouTube channel or on one of our forms of social media so you can see these charts for yourself as well. I think it's a little bit easier to understand when you have a visual as well as an audio attached to it. So with that said, I want to go over the first article. The difference in net worth between homeowners and renters is widening. Yep, you heard that right. So as of 2019, the average household net worth of a homeowner is $254,900. Now, the average net worth of a renter is $6,270. So that's a difference of about $249,000. And again, this is according to the survey of consumer finances, which every three years the Federal Reserve releases, right? And as we can see in this chart here, in 2010, that difference between homeowner and renter was about 198,000. Three years later, 209,000. Three years later, 241,000. And now three years later, 249,000. So it's increasing every single year and the biggest reason is because home ownership and the equity that is associated with it since essentially 2011 2012 we've been in an appraising market home values have been going up in los angeles county i can tell you that it's been about six seven sometimes eight percent a year from 2012 onwards it's different for different regions, right? And this rent to home ownership difference, it's gonna be different for different states as well. So in California, because the home prices are so much more, I can tell you that the difference between a renter and a homeowner is gonna be a, a much bigger difference. We're probably talking somewhere between 400 to $500,000, right? Just because prices are about two, three times more than a majority of other states. So this is a great reason why we should all strive to purchase a home if you have the means and can make the payment affordably because there is a lot of benefits to owning a home and we can see that by the average net worth of a homeowner in comparison to a renter. Now, another article that I wanna go over is why is 2021 still a great year to sell your home and fannie mae released a home purchase sentiment index which reveals the number of respondents who say it's a good time to sell 
as opposed to what it was before. And 75% of consumers say that as of July 2021, it's still a good time to sell. In July 2020, only 45 respondents said it was a good time to sell. And then last year, July, or two years ago, July 2019, prior to the pandemic, 67% said it was a good time to sell. Now, why is uh, seller sentiment up over the years? Well, the biggest reason are the market conditions, specifically low housing supply and high buyer demand, right? It's just simple supply and demand. So housing supply since 2014 has been, you know, we can see it where it's there's an influx and then from about 2015 to 2018, we can see that there was uh, uh, a deficiency in housing. And then for a while in 2019, there was an influx of housing. And then basically from the, stop, the onset of the pandemic onwards, there is a deficiency in housing. Now, if you zoom into this chart here, you'll notice that in the last couple months, we're starting to make our way slowly towards a balanced market. So yes, it's still a good time to sell, but the good time to sell is slowly starting to trend more towards a balanced or buyer's market. So if you are looking to sell and get multiple offers on your home, according to this article and this consumer index, then it would make sense to do it sooner than later before we hit into a balanced market and there's more options for buyers. And as we all know, it's all about supply and demand. If there's more options, there's gonna be less offers on your home and there's less opportunity for you to create a bidding war or less opportunity to uh, counter back with a higher price. Now, another article that I wanna go over is what buyers and sellers need to know about the appraisal gap. Now, this is somewhat of a complicated article, so I'm gonna to try to make it as uh, simple as I can. So, when you have multiple offers on a home, chances are you're gonna get an offer that is over asking price, right? Just simple uh, economy 101, right? Supply and demand. So when a home is, when you get an offer that's over what the home is listed for, there is a probability that the home will not appraise for the value. So let me break it down like this. Let's just say you have a home that's listed for $500,000 and you have 10 offers for the home and five of the 10 offers are over asking price and the highest offer comes in at $550,000 and you accept that offer. You know as the listing agent or as the homeowner that hey, my property is worth, you know, around 500 at most $525,000, right? So, if someone's going to put in an offer for 550, there is a chance that it's not going to appraise for that 550, right? Now, whenever you put an offer on a property, and you're looking to finance it, the bank isn't going to take the agreed purchase price as a value of the home. So they aren't gonna say, hey, you're, you offered 550, we're gonna lend you out for a loan amount of 550. Nope, they're gonna lend you out for whatever the property is appraised for. So if it appraises for 525, like you think, 
it could appraise for, then at that point, there is a difference between 525, what it appraised for, and the bank values the property, and 550, which is your offer, which is your purchase price, right? So that 25K difference is called an appraisal gap. Now, the number of appraisal gaps have been increasing month over month since last May. So last May, we're looking at about 7%, and they slowly started increasing till now, as of this May, according to CoreLogic, to 20%. So one in every five homes are selling short of appraisal. Now, what does that mean if it sells short of appraisal? That means that 25K difference, the buyer has to pay out of pocket to front that difference because the bank's not going to finance them. So that's $25,000 additional that they need to pay. Now, there's workarounds, so you don't have to pay this. One of the workarounds is leaving your appraisal contingency on, basically stating, hey, I'm only going to pay for what the property appraises for. And at that point, if we can't come to an agreement with the homeowners or the sellers, then we'll just cancel escrow. Another workaround is stating how much you are willing to pay short of appraisal so if you state hey i believe the property or you say hey i'm going to put an offer for 550 and i'm willing to pay up to ten thousand dollars short of appraisal and in that example the property appraises for 525 you stated in your agreement hey i'm willing to pay 525 plus additional ten thousand to cover that appraisal gap right so i'm willing to pay 535 if the seller or homeowner agrees to this then they're pretty much they they're pretty much like okay yes if it appraises for you know 525 and it and we're gonna end up getting 535 we're willing to take that right because they're not you're more more than likely not going to accept an offer paying short of appraisal if it if the gap is is you know too big because you're already getting what the property is appraising for plus a change of sum right? or plus a, a lump sum as well right so you're going to get the 525 plus the 10. um so these are the two ways right number one is keeping the appraisal contingency on or number two stating how much you are willing to pay short of appraisal in competitive markets like we have right now it's advantageous to remove the appraisal contingency or state that you're willing to pay short of appraisal to make your offer stand out but yes right now one in every five offers, there is an appraisal gap. So just beware of that, buyers. Next article that I want to go over is reasons you should consider selling this fall. So number one reason you should consider selling this fall is that your house will sell quickly. So according to the Realtors Confidence Index, released by the National Association of Realtors. Homes continue to sell quickly. On average, they're selling about 17 days, which is super quick. In Los Angeles County, that is now about 10 days. In Orange County, that is seven days. So it's even faster in Southern California, right? So there's still really strong demand. And buyers are willing to compete for your house. The same survey shows that sellers are seeing an average of 4.5 offers on a home now that is a lot more last year we're talking about 2.9 months and in the previous july's we're talking about 2.2 months so uh you're getting uh, more than double 
what you had just a couple years ago on average. Number three reason is that when supply is low, your house is in the spotlight. And I know I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but right now, inventory months, uh, months of inventory of homes for sale is really low. Right now we're talking 2.6 months, or as of July, 2.6 months nationally. So what that means is if there was no, no more homes listed in the United States, it would take 2.6 months for the current homes on the market to be sold. In a balanced market, we're talking about six, five to six months. So the good thing is that for buyers, it's increasing in December and January. We're at the lowest we've ever seen nationally, 1.9 months. So it's been slowly trending up to 2.0, 2.1, 2.4, 2.5, 2.6. So it's slowly trending up. But if you can see in this chart and you look at the history of inventory month supply since January, 2019, we were typically at around four months. So we're still in quite a deficiency of homes. We're talking, uh, there's gotta be a couple million homes that the market needs in order to balance the current demand that we have right now, right? Now, if you're thinking of moving up, now may be the time. If you're, current, if you're a current homeowner uh, and, you're, and you're looking to you know, upgrade into a bigger home, let's just say because you need an office space and you're working from home or whatever it would be, you now should have a decent amount of equity that you can use to put down on your next property and have a very comparable uh, mortgage payment. So it might be advantageous to take advantage of this now as opposed to the future, especially considering that interest rates are still historically low because if you wanna purchase in a year or two years from now, we cannot guarantee that interest rates are gonna be 3% or less like they are right now. So it's advantageous to take advantage of this uh, period sooner than later because we are projecting that interest rates are going to increase. So all in all, your home is going to sell quick buyers are going to compete for your home we're talking about 4.5 offers per home on average even more in southern california uh inventory month supply is still historically low although it is trending back up so the sooner the better and then lastly it's a good time because you should have a decent amount of equity that you can put towards a home and we have extremely low interest rates so it should make your payment comparable to what it is now now another article that I wanna go over from Keeping Current Matters is understand your options to avoid foreclosure. So uh, here's a chart showing the percentage of mortgages in forbearance is decreasing. So last May, we were talking about 8.47 percentage of all mortgages were in forbearance. That's a lot, right? But it almost looks like raising the bar, but in reverse. So like every single month since then it's been decreasing. And now about a year and two months later, as of August, we have 3.26% of all mortgages in forbearance, right? And it's gonna continue to decrease. There isn't any signs of it uh, increasing or plateauing anytime soon. So this is great news for uh, homeowners for the real estate market in general, because this just shows that there isn't any chance of a large scale foreclosure crisis like we've seen 
in the past right that everyone was making videos about was telling you to hold on and don't purchase a home yet because there's going to be a foreclosure crisis and prices are going to decrease 50 percent like they did in 2008 no chances of that happening are virtually none according to this chart here and according to uh, uh these experts now the good news is that if you are in the pro in if you are going through the foreclosure process and you're hitting that 18 months of forbearance or however long you're in and you legitimately legitimately need to you know find a way out of it then there are a couple things you can do number one is reinstatement number two is a loan modification number three is a do a deed in lieu of foreclosure and then number four is a short sale uh, for most people you're probably going to be looking at some sort of loan loan modification so you don't have to sell your property or if you do have to sell your property it's going to be a short sale as i mentioned before because in the last couple of years especially in the last year and a half since the pandemic first started because homeowners have so much equity you're going to be able to sell your home and still come on come away and walk away with something uh, more than likely because prices have appreciated so much in that time span that you're going to be able to cover um, your debts, the real estate fees, um, and so forth, right? So this is a great, great uh, uh, thing for homeowners, and which is why it's always a good idea to be a homeowner because you have options for you, especially in appreciating markets. Now, another article according to CoreLogic shows that the average homeowner gained $33,400 in equity over the last 12 months. And the average equity on mortgaged homes is now $216,000. So we're looking at this chart here and it shows equity going equity gains over the past 12 years for every state, all 50 states, right? And the highest state, surprisingly, is Idaho with 71K over the last year, which is uh, surprising because home prices there aren't as much as New York or California. Uh, California is second. So the average homeowner gained $70,000 in equity, right? Followed by Seattle, 66,000, and then uh, the remainder of the state. So it looks like a lot of the states uh, towards the West Coast or towards the Western United States have appreciated more than the, home, than the properties in the Midwest or the East Coast. So, Again, $70,000 is a lot of equity to gain in one year for a lot of, that's more than a majority of people's salary inside California. So, which is why it's always a good idea to own property just because not only are you paying down principal, but you're also earning appreciation, which is helping you get to this equity mark. So yeah, I mean, that's it right there. Right, this is a good breakdown of what's happening in the United States nationally when it comes to real estate and why it makes sense to purchase a home. Like I know a lot of people have waited, right, just because they feel like maybe it might be a better time to purchase later than it is now, or maybe they feel like they aren't qualified yet, or maybe they don't think they can, uh, maybe they don't think they can afford it. Like what we recommend is sitting down with a realtor and a lender and seeing how much you can qualify for seeing what's a affordable monthly payment for you because there are some serious benefits to home ownership 
And I mean, the article that that differentiates the net worth between a homeowner and a renter is a great article that indicates that, right? The difference between that, between the homeowner and renter is 249,000, right? The average equity gain for a California homeowner in the last year is $70,000. Like imagine being able to add that to your net worth in just one year. And it's probably gonna continue to increase moving forward as home prices uh, increase in value um, and so forth. So homies, I hope this gives you a good idea of what's happening. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Uh, I recommend watching this video on YouTube, on our social media, commenting. And then if you ever have any video suggestions, uh, just reach out to us and let us know. And as always, this is Anthony. I want to wish you all the best, homies. Take care. Stay safe. Hey, homies, it's Anthony. This podcast contains my opinions and is for educational purposes only. It does not guarantee any projections and should not serve as a basis for any purchase or sale in real estate. 